Hi folks, Happy New Year. This is an episode that I recorded with Hunter Singh from the Midnight Movies Cowboys um, about two weeks ago and I was I kind of invited myself onto their show to talk about The Last Jedi, the latest Star Wars film and we both had kind of quite a few things to say about it and this went out on their feed. I'm going to put it out on mine as well just so you can hear my thoughts on it. Um, there will be a, an abundance of shows coming. My house is being renovated at the moment, so I have not been able to record, and my computer has been stashed away in a corner waiting for all this kind of nonsense to happen. So in the interim, enjoy this. Um, oh, God, yeah. I don't know what to say about this film. You will hear it over the next hour and a half. Many thanks for listening. I'll be in contact soon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of the Midnight Movie Cowboys. Uh, I assume this is Midnight Movie Cowboys. We didn't really talk about that, did we, Tom? You can have it as yours. In fact, do you okay. know what? We'll, we'll, we'll do, we'll, I'll release it on my feed as well. I'm sure people would like yeah, to Yeah, I was going to say we yeah. could do this on both of our feeds. Yeah, why yeah. not? Because uh, uh, this is Hunter Deucing here, and uh, Stuart and John are not with me today. Instead, I am joined by uh, Tom Jennings of the 24 Frames cast and the Masters of Cinema cast. Say hello, uh, Tom. Well, thank you for having me. It's not... I, and I, 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 I'd like to kind of preface really, I'm not here because of pleasure, really. This is more pain <laughs> that I'm here. This isn't, a pod, this isn't a podcast that's been done for, for the right reasons. I think it, it's safe to say that I would love not to have felt necessary to record about what we're going to record. But sadly, um, the situation is raised where I feel compelled to. Yes, uh, Disney has forced our hand. Mm, oh, totally, yeah. Um, no, so, you know, Tom, I, I just want to preface by saying, you know, I've been on your show, your various shows a, a few times. Yeah. Uh, but you've never been on my show, so welcome. No, I thank very... you. Am I the first English person you've ever had on as well? I think I think so. Uh, you know, uh, as uh, you know, you need to explain. Uh, Stuart always calls you a pommy. No, yeah. You explain to me that that is inaccurate. Yeah, po- it, it was, and that yes, well, Stuart, and that Stu is actually the pom. Yes, pom stands for prisoner of Mother England. So for Stuart to call me a pom, he's clearly forgetting what he is, and <laughs> I, I would. And, and what happened was. Basically, if you were caught having sexual relations with animals, you were sent to Australia. That's that's how that is simply how it worked. And the reason being, obviously, because no one wants that in their society. So we pack them all off down there um, to their colony. And obviously, like like all thick people do, they bred a lot. And there you have the genesis of Australia. And that's where you end up with people like Stuart. So when he calls me a pom, he's he's just ignorant of history I don't know they all do it I, I, the ashes a few years ago and you know I can see we've lost the ashes I, I'm you know that's that's fine I, I can live with that for the time but I mean a few years ago when the ashes was here um they kept calling us poms and I was like look you're the pom and they were like no no you are I'm like no you're the pom you're a prisoner of mother England and they were like no no Adam and he said you know what you can't you can't deal with them I've been to Australia it's a shithole and like they're welcome to it and I'm not bitter about the ashes in the least bit but I really am excellent well fantastic uh so, but, uh, Tom, you and I both uh, saw a recent uh, little independent movie mm. called uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi. Yeah. 
And I think you and I both had kind of similar reactions to it. Um, you know, when, when I go see a Star Wars movie, I, I long ago came to the conclusion that there are two great Star Wars movies. Uh, the original Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. Yes. Every, every other movie is, you know, meh to uh, pretty good. And uh, I think, you know, but every time there's a new Star Wars movie, I go see it because every Star Wars movie has a moment or it has something in it that tickles that Star Wars uh, sort of... Uh, it 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 brings out those memories. It yeah. brings back that magic feeling of watching Star Wars when you're a kid. And you know, and my friends who don't like Star Wars, they didn't grow up with it. So you know, and I I, I tell adults who who are like, oh, I never got into Star Wars. I'm like, well, don't try. You're not going to see in it what you know super fans see in it mm-hmm. at this point. But Star Wars: The Last Jedi, the new film from. Uh, Ryan Johnson and J.J. Uh, Abrams and, you know, Disney is the first time I have sat through a Star Wars movie and not felt ever once <laughs> any Star Wars magic at all. And, um, you know, and people have, have told me that, they're, they're, that that's part of the genius of it, but... You know, we'll we'll get to that. What were what were sort of your first impressions? Well, I think I have to kind of like roll back a bit and kind of talk a little bit about my sort of you know Star Wars that bring. I mean, there's no. There's, oh yeah. There's, there's absolutely no way I could legitimately say my love for film wouldn't be as it was because of Star Wars. I, I would say it's, it's it's even had an effect on what career I've chosen. I work in you know advertising. I, I make adverts. I do photography. You know, I, I work in the visual arts, as it were because of Star Wars it, it from a very young age I remember thinking I want to do stuff like that and obviously I don't do stuff like that now but I it it was the kind of it pushed me in that direction basically and I had all the toys I would reenact you know, the battles for Hoth and stuff in my bedroom with walkers and all this kind of thing and I absolutely loved it and this for me this kind of when when I when I learned that we were going to go back when Disney had purchased Lucasfilm and they were going to going to go back and start making Star Wars films, I wasn't for one jumping for joy. I Me was, neither. I was extremely kind of like oh, um, I had my had my doubts about the whole thing, and along comes The Force Awakens, and I remember I sat there and I was just like, please just don't be shit. Yeah. You know, just, just please don't be stupid. And we, we can talk about the prequels to death, but and we, I'm, I'm sure we will do in the in the in, in as the conversation progresses. But yep. I, was, I was like, please just d- don't let me walk out the cinema thinking, oh god, that was awful. And so this film plays out. Two hours later, I walked out, and I was like, oh god, it wasn't awful, and it had this in it, and it had that in it. And then it was sort of like, well, hang on a minute, hang on a minute here. It's just the same as the new hope. Yep. And I was like, oh. And then this sort of creeping doubt began to sort of come into me. And I began to think about it a lot more than possibly I should have done. And I was sort of thinking, hang on a minute. No, this film wasn't very good at all, actually. And when the Blu-ray came out, I obviously picked it up, watched it again. And I was like, no, no, this is really, really worryingly bad. And what... As it's kind of digested really over the past few months since we've obviously been getting kind of we had Rogue One, which for the record I actually really enjoyed Rogue One. Um, I, I, 
genuinely I, I got all the warm fuzzy feelings of which you speak from that film and I actually thought it did do a few things differently plus it made my girlfriend's song cry um, when everyone died which was sort of good, you know, when kids kind of react like that but I this kind of original this new trilogy they were doing I was sort of sat there thinking I don't honestly think anyone in part of the creative process of this actually really knows where it's going I think they decided and I might be completely wrong on that but I, I think what happened was they were like we've bought Lucasfilm we're going to make a Star Wars film and they just went that'll do let's get a move on let's start making these films and I was thinking perhaps with The Last Jedi that it could kind of retrospectively fix the nagging doubts I had about The Force Awakens if it carried on the story in a way which I thought would, would do service to it it actually kind of seemingly you know if, if they actually had a decent direction to go in and as this film began I, I, I felt something was off almost immediately when the first question I was asking was well what's happened since the last film because suddenly this first order have completely taken over the galaxy and I'm suddenly yeah. thinking and, and instantly I was like well hang on a minute how's that actually happened why is the resistance still the resistance surely at the end of Return of the Jedi this is how I always imagined it played out they got rid of them all. There might have been some remnants of the bad guys left tucked away in that part of the galaxy or what have you. Leia would become like, I don't know, she would become the, the prime minister or whatever you want to call it of the galaxy. Everything would be mm-hmm. fine. And then suddenly we, they're the resistance still and they're kind of like the little guys. And I'm like, well, where's the government? Where's the people in charge? What's going on? I don't quite get. Well, that was one thing that I thought was very confusing about The Force Awakens was uh, they test the Starkiller base and they blow up some planet. And I wasn't sure. I was like, was the planet they blew up Coruscant? Like, mm. was this the home of the New Republic? Yeah. Uh, I, 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 was, I was very confused as to what was going on there. Like, you see this planet it with all these like elites on it it looks like it might be coruscant being destroyed it, it, it was but so bizarre to me sure. i i didn't quite understand so this when this film starts i felt like there was we'd missed the film because suddenly we're sort of thrown into this battle which um, mm-hmm. we, this sort of ridiculous battle and i i have something with films where i between five and ten minutes into them i can normally tell whether or not I'm going to like them or not. Very, very occasionally that rule gets broken. I can think of like just two examples over the past few years where I've started watching and thought, I've got to hate this. And then I've gone, actually, mm-hmm. no, I really, really like it. <laughs> and, and with this, I was like, I'm not enjoying this film. I'm, I'm, I'm already asking questions about what's actually going on, what's happened. And then I'm like, oh Christ, this goes on for another two and a half hours. Oh, and, and I, I, I had that feeling during the movie when I was looking at my clock and I was going, OK, it's pretty late. And uh, this movie does not feel like it's almost over. No. And I mean, I, I mean, when you're watching a film and I'm thinking, right, well, if it ends, then I'll be able to get the 20 past train home. And if it oh, shit, yeah. I don't want to be, in town. No. you know, I'm like, it's going to take me 10 minutes to get to the station. And I'm already having that conversation. I'm already thinking about that whilst the film has started, because instantly as well you have this kind of and this is the thing about films now they don't start small they start big and they get bigger and bigger Mm -hmm. and bigger and you start with this battle which is the most again i'm beginning to ask questions about the logic of a science fiction film where you have these bombers that seem to go about as fast as the 80-year-old couple who live two doors down from me when they see them going past when they're on their way to the shop to buy more booze. And I'm like, 
hang on a minute, you've got all this technology and yet you have the slowest bombers on the moon and suddenly gravity now plays a part in... Yeah, I, I know! I'm like, <laughs> I mean, my grandfather was a bomber pilot. He, no, sorry, he was a, he was a, he was a worked on a bomber in, in World War II. And I'm thinking the technology hasn't changed. I know this is a long time ago in a galaxy far away, but like some of these Bombay doors open and it's all like, you've got door gunners and stuff and they're just creeping along at this snail's pace. And you're thinking, well, this is ridiculous. I mean, it looks vaguely cool, I suppose. And But again, I'm, I'm taking out of the film because I'm already thinking, this is crap. I don't, I don't get this. And it's... It, it was just the whole thing was beginning to make me feel uneasy almost from the off. And the thing is, as well, is that I know it's a, it's a science fiction film for Christ's sake. And of course, you've got to have kind of dramatic license. But sure, it, it, it just it, it didn't seem like dramatic license. It just seemed a little bit ridiculous to me. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I I, I, I I remember early on there was this uh, character uh, who can't get the Bombay doors pilot, yes. the Bombay doors open. And she like holds on to her little medallion and gets blown up. And I was sitting there thinking, I don't care about this person. No. Why am I getting all this drama with some, I don't care that you're part of the resistance. I don't care about you. I know like it later on, we meet her sister. Who's this, you know, I will get to moon. That. <laughs> yeah, we'll get, we'll get to Rosie. But I was just sitting there going, Okay, so this character sacrifices herself. I it it was one of those things where I'm asked to care about a character during the first like ten minutes of the movie, and I just don't. Yeah, and and um, and, and the other thing that felt slightly off, and it was just to pref or just before that was Poe when he's in this in in the. X-wing in front of the thing, and he's going, "Oh, is he on hold?" Oh yeah, I know. And I'm it's like, "Guardians oh, of the Galaxy tier humor." Oh yeah. god, it's like, oh, you know, is that is that how they really speak? You know, do they have like internet providers who you have to ring up and discuss these things? And you know, you have these kind yeah. of like, "Yeah, I'll put you on hold." But I'm thinking, "Oh, this is the humor. I'm not finding this funny either." Oh, you know, and. It, that, that was that was the beginning. I, I suppose that was the sort of the thing about something off, and then it was just like, yeah, like you said, you suddenly have this character whose death you're supposed to feel. You really are meant to. And if they'd put her in the first film or something like that, then you might be able to kind of you know, right. get something off it. But it seems to be this ridiculously long drawn out process because the whole point of her death was to be an inspiration to the sister, and it, it was supposed to kind of like link thematically up that that way. But Again, I was just like, well, this is, this is crap. And then when the sort of like, it, the film kind of like brings, obviously it kind of wants you to feel the sacrifice of what's going on. So Princess Lear can stand there in the control room watching the lights go out on these bombers. <laughs> and I'm like, well, if you did, hadn't designed such shit bombers, you, this might not be happening. But the whole thing instantly made me feel slightly off. <laughs> and then you get into the ridiculous chase that's going on. We yeah, can talk about one it. of my friends had the best analogy for the the the, cha the space chase that is kind of central to the film. Mm. He said it was like watching OJ flee the cops at twenty miles per hour in his pickup truck. <laughs> yeah, totally. That is it's 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 absolutely it's just it's like. And we can talk about um, you know, Donald Hall Gleason as well because his his acting in this is so. Oh, bad. he's horrible. And he's like, just, and he's a great actor. Yeah, like, this, I, I the, love Donald Gleason. Yeah, you know. and he he is a good actor. And this is part of I think 
because he's not he's not doing that because he's doing he's he's doing it and the director's saying carry on with that role that's that's he's being directed to do that and i question the sort of why he's so sort of hammy and ridiculous he's like just keep firing at them and it's like yeah. but it's having no every sp- every line he like screams yeah <laughs> it's ridiculous like he's deranged and it's like i'm sat there and I, I said to someone can you imagine him ordering breakfast in the canteen he'd be like two eggs bacon <laughs> and it's like why is he like this why is he so angry and shouty all the time it doesn't make any sense and like you said, when they when they sort of start moving off at a snail's pace, we suddenly understand that fuel now all of a sudden is an issue in the galaxy. These things right. run on on whatever petrol it is, and they can't go that far. But they can they can get them just far away enough so that the fighters would be out of range. And you know, what what's the range of the fight? You know, these are questions <laughs> which you begin to ask yourself. And I, yes, and again, uh, yes, and and people will pick up on that and I said are you taking it too seriously but the problem is we've seen in other Star Wars films fighters out in the middle of nowhere oh yeah like so so where's how's this suddenly come about I don't understand I don't all these suddenly these rules have suddenly come into the world of Star Wars these very everyday rules and it's other little kind of things they can track big ships but they can't track little ships look out the fucking window that's another thing. Yeah. Yeah, you just, just look out the window and you'll see the little ships going away. I don't... And I just sat thinking, this logic makes no sense to me. I, I don't get it. And again, I'm just getting pulled out of the film because I'm not reacting. I'm, I'm watching this stuff and my mind is just going, well... That, I've seen that in Star Wars before. That you can't... Luke fires off on his own in an X-Wing. Why can't their fighters do it? They're not that far yeah. away. How far away? How can you fire a laser? There, uh, because because the X wings have hyperdrives and the Tie Fighters do not. <laughs> but the, it's again, it, it's just so it's ridiculous because I don't want to be thinking about all this kind of thing. And part of that problem, the reason why I'm having so much time to think about this nonsense, is because the characters I'm seeing on the screen are not interesting in any way, shape, or form. No, they're not. Um, and that's one thing. <clears throat> I think with The Force Awakens, I suspected this was going on. And for those of you who are not aware, just, you know, it should be obvious, but spoiler alert. Um, we have these, this new crop of characters that are that are popping up. And in The Force Awakens, uh, I think part of the reason people liked The Force Awakens was we got to hang out with Han and Chewie. Yeah. You know? Totally. And... The part of the trailer for Force Awakens everybody got excited about was Han going, Chewie, we're home, you know? Yeah, totally. <laughs> and and I got to say, like, my favorite parts of that movie are, like, running around with Han, you know, being Han Solo. Yeah. And uh, John on this podcast had a great theory about the success of Guardians of the Galaxy because we we enjoyed that movie, but we were like, you know, why is everybody freaking out over this film? And John said that uh, uh, the reason I think people love it is that space opera has been seriously lacking in a cool factor. He said that the, uh, the, the, the Star Wars prequels were, you know, all like juvenile humor and serious Jedi stuff but they didn't have a Han Solo type character. And uh, so when Guardians of the Galaxy came out, it's basically Han Solo distilled into movie form. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that people saw that and went, this is what I've been missing. 
Yeah, well, but it should be. I mean, it's, it should be fun. You know, like space pirate, and that's an, again another thing. It's like you know, we want to see like space pirates and people, and yeah, I mean, you you want to see people having fun, and what you get out of Chewie and Han is. Like you say, it kind of tickles the nostalgia. But those two guys yeah. always look like they're up to... Ha- they, they always look like they're having a decent time. And a, you know, yeah, they, they always look like they're up to no good. <laughs> yeah, and they're, they're up to no good. But yeah, do you know what? They're enjoying themselves. In a good way. Being, In a good way, yeah. They're, yeah. It's, it's, it's naughty, but it's fun. Yeah, you know? and th- what you have with these characters is... These, these new introductions, like Poe, for example. Um, we don't, you don't spend any time with Poe really no. getting to know what he's like and what's his sort of thing it's all just sort of oh hey buddy oh hey, hey BBA. Yeah, it's just like but he's just this sort of goofy dude but you don't see him having any kind of character moments I mean you know no. you, you, you don't no, no one in this film has a has any form of girlfriend or wife or you know husband well, that would be that would be making them binary there so oh well we can get into that and by god we will <laughs> but you know there's no sort of like normal relationships with which you could you know which you can kind of cling to like i would i would have, I, I really wanted when i was watching the force awakens for poe and chewie to team up because yeah. that would seem like such a cool little thing at the end of that. You've got Poe, you know, you, I don't know how you could have set it up, but you could have said like, oh, you know, Chewie, I'm going to need a, you know, Chewie's going to need a wingman. There's only one man for the job. And if yeah. you saw Poe and Chewie in the Millennium Falcon and he's got like, you know, that kind of hand outfit on, he, you know, oh, yeah, just whatever. You'd go, fuck, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, those, yeah, those totally. guys like, you know, Han's dead, but we've got a replacement in Poe and you can you know, build these little kind of character things into it. He doesn't have to be exactly like Han. They can have a, you know, he can have a different relationship with Chewie. It can be a bit more, I don't know, snarky with each other or whatever. But, no, we don't get that. It's just he's just this kind of crazy pilot who his best mate. Who's are- who's grossly incompetent? Like you know he'll like. Uh, oh, oh yeah. I yeah mean- oh, he took down a dreadnought, but he also like you know screwed everything else up in the meantime, and then he tries to mutiny, and uh, and the the people the 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 cat ladies running the <laughs> the rebellion just go like, oh, it's funny. Yeah, I don't- fine. I mean, he's a complete liability. Where you know like. And this is the thing, it's like Harrison Ford it, in, in real life is a fuck up. That guy's always crashing planes. Oh, yeah, he's, he's a, he, yeah, he's dangerous. Yeah, he's, he's, he's like landing on the wrong runway. You know, the guy's a nightmare. I mean, I, I remember there was, there was this British couple who got lost out in the wilderness and this helicopter came to rescue him. And it was none other than him. And he was like, get on board. You know? And you think, yeah, this guy's cool. And he brings that into Han Solo. He is yeah. kind of goofy. The plan doesn't quite work, but in a fun way. With this guy, he's just an incompetent idiot who, you know, yeah, like you said, there are, I, yeah, I took down a dreadnought. Yeah, but you've literally screwed up the universe. Yeah. Well done. You know, oh, oh, you know, oh, you know, oh well, as long as I've got my robot friend with me, you're like thinking, I don't know who this guy is, other than he's a bit of yeah. an idiot. You don't spend any time getting to know anyone in these films. And that is a symptomatic problem, primarily of J.J. Abrahams, in which in none of his films, they never stop and just take a few minutes. No, his his movies move at like a frantic pace. His Star Trek movies had the same problem. Yeah. Um, like the camera's always moving and there's stuff flying at you and lens flares flashing and all, all the rest. Um, <clears throat> but since we're talking about new characters, uh, like what I was talking about earlier, like I said, you know, I, I felt like in Force Awakens, you know, with Han and Chewie, that was something that people really liked about that movie. 
uh, but as we all know, Han Solo dies in that movie. So no more Han Solo, right? Uh, and when I, you know, but at the end of The Force Awakens, there's a big reveal that we meet Luke Skywalker again. And so we go, okay, in the next movie, we're going to get to have time with Luke Skywalker. Well, of course, you know, they kill Luke Skywalker off. And they've just been killing off these classic characters. And these are the characters that people missed from the prequels. You know, you didn't get any of these characters from the prequels. You got Yoda, you got young Obi-Wan, but for for the most part, like, you know, you're, you're getting different people in there. And... What I felt like was happening in this movie is that they're they're systematically killing off these old characters and replacing them with new ones. And the movie has this message that your parents don't matter. Uh, none of this stuff you come from matter. And, you know, out with the old and with the new. And I really hate that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't mind char- you know, characters being killed off if, if what replaces them is compelling well thought out well rounded characters of course and, of the, course. and the force awakens it kind of it sets this thing up for right who are her parents and you're thinking oh you know who are her parents yeah I, I, who I, are they yeah wonder, i mean what what can they be you know who are they i don't know and then this film comes along and it just goes ah oh, fuck them they're a pair of drunks yeah <laughs> and you think well okay well that's who who are a parent? I mean, obviously it means something to her. I mean, but you know, and I've I've read a kind of a defense of this saying that oh, the whole point of Star Wars is that you know people from nowhere rise up, and people think. But you could have said in the Force Awakens, very early on, that her parents are dead. You could have said that they crashed on the planet. She was the only survivor. She'd been raised by these junk people or whatever. Instead, right. it sets this thing up. It, it deliberately mislead you with this, who are her parents? Ooh, and you know. it's a it's a very J.J. Abrams-style move because he loves the, like, ooh, I'm going to raise questions that yeah. I have no answer for, but I'm going to raise them anyway. Who are her parents? Who's this Snoke guy? Who yeah, and- is, uh, what happened between Kylo Ren and Luke Skywalker? And we get those answers in this movie, and all of them suck. Yeah, and, and that's my thing. I'm, I'm like sat there going, right, there's going to be a twist. There's going to be a big fuck off twist in a minute. Here, any minute now, there's going to be a twist. No, Snook, Snook as well. I mean, I want to know where this guy, I want to know who he is. I want to know where he's come from. I want to know what he is. You know, mind boggling questions there. And then it's just like, who is he? Fucking doesn't matter. He's dead. Killed in the most ridiculous way possible. But it doesn't matter who he was anyway, because what matters is other stuff that we're not quite sure what we're going to do with yet. And this is my point. The whole films, they just feel like they're winging it all the way. I can't see. I cannot see a production meeting where they sat there and they went, right, this is what we're going to do in the first film, the second film, and the third film. And they're all interconnected like this. I think there's an element that these films are just completely separate and individual from each other. Ryan Johnson was writing this whilst The Force Awakens was being filmed. So you're telling me he was like, right, I'm going to do this in mine. Is that going to align with yours? No, I, I, I don't buy that at all. I think he came up with a with a, I mean, a, a scenario and just wrote this around it. it. It felt like he was deliberately undermining everything in that film. Mm. Um, and and I've heard people say that th- with their big defense is that, uh, well, the message is that where you come from doesn't matter and what's old doesn't matter. And the movie has this this it almost feels like a, a like a 
60s baby boomer type message which is like kill your parents you know yeah, <laughs> um, there's, there's, a, there's a sort of a nihilism to it yeah i, I mean sure. I uh, like there's this there's this scene that i was like wringing my hands in the theater that i hate i hated it so much was where uh, luke is going to the the jedi library in this tree and he's and yoda appears to him like muppet it's like muppet yoda from yeah uh from return of the jedi you know and uh and empire strikes back and he's like i'm gonna burn it down yoda i, I i'm gonna destroy it because Luke's having like a, a moment and Yoda's like <laughs> and he burns the library down and Luke's like oh wait I was just kidding oh no and uh, Yoda's like mm, these books are not good the Jedi Order will be continued through Rey why she doesn't know anything she's just flung around a lightsaber on a cliffside and it's like okay so Ancient texts have no meaning. Nothing ha- old has meaning. It's just uh, Ray is a Mary Sue and just has magic powers. Okay, great. Yeah, and it doesn't feel like, you know, let's go back and see, you know, Luke Skywalker's journey in the original trilogy. You know, he's that wide-eyed farm boy, and then he gets his, ass, his arm cut off by uh, Darth Vader. But you see progression. You see him go from boy to man. And with Ray, it's just... She literally just, in the amount of seconds on screen time, suddenly becomes the best. The best. Yeah. You know, she can actually defeat Luke in a fight. You know, she can beat the crap out of Kylo Ren. And, and you don't feel like it's earned. You don't feel that her progression from junkyard girl to Jedi has any weight to it it just seems like it's just arbitrarily given to her oh it's just it's just handed to her and like you know luke whereas with luke skywalker we had a whole movie where that guy was humbled yeah and going through like you know like going from like actually having to physically learn a craft you know and it's like the equivalent of you know someone saying i want to be a plasterer and then just being amazing at it having to do no apprenticeship having to learn you know not put any effort into anything it's just she is instantaneously amazing and if you're going to do that i think there has to be a content for it to actually work for it not to sort of seem so glaringly odd is that there has to be a context as to how that's come about and you again you could do that if you did make some interesting backstory for her if there yeah. was if there was a reason if she is the some sort of the reincarnation of something or she had you know she is the one or something you know, just anything like that but no it's just Hey, she's great because we haven't got time to tell you that story because we've got to well, go to we've got to go to Virtue Signal World with yes. You know I mean, I'm, I'm, we, we will get there, but this it just it just feels like there's so many corners being cut. There's so many just cheap, easy screenplay devices being used to just boom this story along, and it doesn't feel like it's going anywhere. I, I agree completely, um, and I think that's why these characters aren't working, and that's why they're kind of, you know, having to employ these cheap thematic devices of, oh, your parents don't matter, and, you know, what what matters is now to, to sell these characters to us when people don't like them. Like, um, I saw some people, you know, talking about Captain Phasma. Yes. And I remember Captain Phasma was a character in The Force Awakens that I hated because I saw all these articles pumping up Captain Phasma. Yep. And then in the movie, she's she's 
totally incompetent and she sucks. And, um, you know, she ends up getting like an entire base of people killed because she just buckles under pressure. And uh, I was thinking this is the most overrated character in the Star Wars universe since Boba Fett. And she's like a forced meme. And then um, people were talking about... Oh, how she dies, and is she really dead? And I was sitting there thinking, who cares? Mm-hmm. This character is something that they've tried to force. Just like Ray is a character that they've tried to force uh, as this special, you know, avatar of the Jedi. When she's, she hasn't earned it. We haven't suffered with way the way with Ray the way we suffered with Luke. The way even Anakin Skywalker, even yeah. if regardless of what you think of those movies, his character suffers a lot. He goes, from, he, but he goes from a progression. He, yeah. he actually goes from being this extremely annoying child to yeah. <laughs> someone, someone, but you can, at least by the end of that film, I mean, the, yes, the execution isn't good of, of how they get from A to B, but at least when he, you know, he's been sliced up and he's burning to death, mm-hmm. you think, Christ, this guy, you know, he, he, there is a, there is a sense of like, you, you do feel sorry for him. You do yeah. feel, you, you, you feel something for him because you, you go back to that cutesy little kid and you think, God, your life's ended pretty badly yeah and it's like you know it's not a good you know and it's and it's and it has weight to it it has some sort of sense of you know we we know how this this character of Darth Vader has come into being and it, it's it's horrifying the lot that last bit he's burning to death on the side I mean, oh yeah I, 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 don't, think, I don't care I think, what he's kept actually yeah it's okay. I, I was gonna say I actually found like you know when we saw the Star Wars prequels we were all going, right, when are we going to get to Anakin versus Obi-Wan? Mm. You know, we, we knew that was coming. The, the, the transformation into Darth Vader. But George Lucas made us wait for that, like a decade, yeah. you know? And even if it wasn't great, the lead up to it, we had to sit through some pretty bad stuff to get there. But when we got there, it was pretty satisfying, yeah. I feel like. Totally. I mean, I was, I was pretty happy with how Revenge of the Sith shook out, you know? Oh, totally. I mean, I, you know, at the end, I, I didn't walk out. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't walk out of Revenge of the Sith and go, that was a shit film. No, I, I, not I, I, at all. It had its flaws. I walked, I walked out and I went, Christ, that was a bit heavy for a Star Wars film. Yeah, I liked it when they were pod racing, not literally watching someone burn to death on the side of the yeah. mountain. But this is, this is, my, this is one of my, my fundamental issues as well, is the, the, the Ray and Finn characters... And I, 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 again, I might be completely wrong here, but it would have more weight to the film, and it would have more significance if they were a couple. And uh, yeah, it it feels like the movie is. Uh, it it feels like it does. I feel like Finn is a character that these movies have no idea what they want to do with him. No, and he he's he. I, I have a theory as to why they're not a couple. And I, th- I think that we have to sort of kind of get into the politics of the film on it. I, I, and really cynically, I think the reason they're not couples is because he's black. I, well, I, I, mean, I, I, I can't see. I, I think it would be too much, even in their sort of, and we'll get to all the kind of the liberal nonsense as well. But I, I think that's an issue. I, I think for everything I've known and understand about Hollywood is I think it would be that even they would be a bit wary of possible box office and audience reactions to having a couple in a film like that a black guy yeah. and a white girl I think it would be I, I think there's a conservatism at play in that uh, I, I think there's definitely they don't they, they don't I think that Hollywood is uh, 
wary of that. I think they want it, but they also are scared to do it. But uh, but they're also like, I don't know. It's it's the politics of this movie are, are is very bizarre. Yeah, because it definitely is this. Uh, it definitely has the politics of a uh, you know blue-haired social justice warrior, but it doesn't want to go there. But at the same time, you know, I was sitting there thinking about it, going, well, even if they wanted to, if they, you know, I, I realize that Ray is a character who gets to have her cake and eat it too. She doesn't have to sacrifice or do anything, or you know, she just gets everything handed to her. Um, but uh, I was sitting there thinking, even if they wanted to uh make have her uh if they wanted to put her and finn in a relationship uh they couldn't because a jedi is not allowed to have a relationship when you the jedi has a relationship they end up like anakin skywalker you know that was the whole thing with uh with the prequels is that anakin's downfall is padme true so you know that would, but that could also be an interesting angle to explore. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, if it's, this is that kind of like my sort of thing, was I saying to friend was if you're going to kind of like do something completely new, then you know she she could be the the first of a new type of Jedi that sort of gets let's learn from the past that's you know it can see where it all went wrong before and has, has decided that you know she's going to do it her way which brings her into conflict with the way that which the whole kind of jedi order goes on and, and so on and so on it just seemed it was kind of skirting around this issue where they're friends my friend and it's sort of thinking well and then they have this weird like long hug yeah remember that that hug was very like it, it held for a long time where I was like, are, are, this movie really wants them to be in a relationship, but it won't, it won't do it. It can't overdo it. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I don't, you know, it's like I, I listen to Brace and Ellis's podcast and he talks about the kind of the facade of liberal Hollywood where, but if you had a, a character, if you had a, an actor who came out as openly gay, he could kiss goodbye to any romantic comedy leads. Oh yeah. Rupert Everett. Yeah. yeah. Like Rupert See Everett later. is the, to, to like, when I was in high school, Rupert Everett was the, the rom-com romantic lead. That guy came out as gay and he disappeared. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. And that's the thing. And, I, and I, I honestly believe that the reason, one of the reasons why this kind of, we haven't seen that relationship on the screen, it has a lot to do with that. I just think they're kind of like, you know, J.J. Abrahams, for all his kind of talk of um, inclusivity, I, I, I reckon he would have gone, that's going to hit the box office. The guy's not stupid. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I, and, and whether it would have or whether and, it would And frankly, I mean, who does, uh, Hollywood... It's funny. Uh, I remember one of the the big stories about Force Awakens was that Finn was being hidden from the ads in China. Right. And China is a big market for Hollywood, and China does not like seeing the blacks in their movies. You know? No. They, they just they just don't like it. Oh no. <laughs> That's another reason. I yeah, think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I just feel that. There's a degree of this film has been made by a committee who have got a bo- who have got agendas to tick and they're like, right, we're going to shoehorn this in and shoehorn that in. And the result is, and I have no problem, and this is one of, when we're going to suppose, get into kind of the critiques of this film, I have absolutely no problem with strong female leads in films. I have, I have you know, it I, doesn't bother me at all. What I do have bother is, characters that aren't interesting or just feel yeah. forced and right. the, the Helen Hunt character in this I mean oh you mean uh, Laura Dern sorry Laura Dern sorry yeah yeah Laura Dern. I mean <laughs> she's she, horrible she, she looks like I don't know she looks like something out of the Hunger Games has suddenly taken yeah. over the thing. and the, the 
the character was atrocious. It was just like Carrie Fisher's done her Mary Poppins in space routine. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, I mean we need to discuss that as well because. Yeah. Again, that was another moment. I was like, and I, I, it was supposed to be, you know, when, it, for me, it felt like it was trying to replicate that. But, you know, in The Empire Strikes Back, when Yoda lifts the X-Wing out the swamp mm-hmm. and the music plays. And it's this absolutely, it's one of the best moments. It's my favourite moments in film. And it's just so simple and per, and the music perfect. And I felt this was an attempt at kind of trying to hit that note where She's, you know, frozen in space. And then the next thing, she comes flying through. And then again... She just wills herself. (laughs) But then that raises more questions. How powerful a Jedi is she? Yeah, because she's never had any training. Where did that come from? You know, and again, you're sort of like, well, that's... I suppose it's kind of cool. It's... it, It looked interesting. But again, I'm like... Well, where have you got these skills from? Are you a Jedi now? Why haven't you been using these skills? No, my, my fiance and I were looking at each other like seriously. Yeah, I, and, and it's someone behind me. I, I heard an audible in the cinema I was in, and I was just like, what? And again, I, I, I wasn't feeling this sort of like swell of, oh, that's amazing. I was just like, well, now you're making me ask even more questions. But why didn't she use the force on her son? Yeah, yeah. What, what's going on? I don't understand this. The, you're introducing. I've got petrol. I'm now worried about petrol in Star Wars films. I'm worried about the range of Tie Fighters. Now she's suddenly developed this skill, and it's like this is crazy. And, it, and again, I, I, I feel like it's being done to show a female, you know, literally coming back from the dead. And I, and I get the feeling it's not being done for the right reasons. I think it's being done to say, look how strong this female character is. Oh yeah, no, and, it's it's definitely like, uh, you know, the, it's it's just it's the thing is the I don't I don't have a problem with strong quote unquote strong female characters either. I mean, I love aliens. Yeah, I I like the Resident Evil movies. <laughs> You know? yeah. Well, at least they go there. You know what I mean? That fair. They might be awful, but at least they, yeah. they, they go in there. But, I but mean, they're like, fun. But they're fun. But the thing is, is with this movie, it feels like it's done purely for signaling purposes. Totally. And then, you know, l- l- the Laura Dern character, she turns up and <laughs> you're like, well... The lamest Star Wars character of all time. You, you, you're like, she's got a blue rinse done in the salon f- from The Hunger Games. Yeah. And, yeah. I'm, st- and I'm sat there going, right, okay... And then her, her plan, her big plan, we're just going to drive slowly. But why? Yeah, why? she's OJ. She's OJ in the white pickup. But then I'm thinking, why can't you just share the plan? <laughs> yeah, she's like, Oscar Isaac's like, hey, can we know the plan so we can uh, know what's going on? Poe Dameron's like, hey, uh, you know, just, just for morale purposes. And she's like, nope, but why? Off. Why, though? And I'm like thinking... And unfortunately, I, I, I won't reveal where I work, but it reminds me of the kind of the, the middle management women I have at my office who were like... I mean, at least it was realistic. I mean, and I'm sat there thinking, now now you're reminding me of my office, which I'm on my holiday. I don't want to be reminded of that. You know, just random decisions that you're not allowed to question. And if you do, yeah. you, you know, that's it. You're a troublemaker. And I'm just thinking, you're, you're, firstly, there's no need not to share the plan. And the only reason she doesn't share the plan is we've got to get to planet virtue signal so we can have a lecture on animal rights and the arms trade yeah 
And I, oh I think it just, just, just turn around and say, right, this is the plan, right? We're going to go here. There's a planet there and we'll get to that fucking stupid planet because it's the thing. Her plan is terrible. She might be a female character, but her decisions are ridiculous. If I was Poe, I'd be like, well, what's the plan? I'm not telling you. Uh, oh. Oh, 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 right. Okay. Because um, at the moment, it just looks like we're flying, and yeah, just uh, it just kind of looks like we're uh, we're yeah. about to die, and we kind of need some yeah, yeah, we need more some, morale. Yeah, we need, just like just to like you know, let let us know about what 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 we're actually planning on doing here. We're gonna we're gonna fly straight, and then hear that thud. Well, that's that's them. And by the way, these other transports keep running out, and everyone on them's getting killed. Uh oh. All right. Okay. Mm. Fine. That's fine. And we'll, we'll we'll agree with that. Yeah. And again. She feels like a character that has just been written just so we can have Laura Dern in a position of authority as a female, and that's supposed to be a good thing. We're just and to, to to put the man in his place. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't. I, I wouldn't even go so far as to say I think that that's kind of. I don't. I don't. I, I don't honestly think they're being that clever. I don't. I don't. No. I, I think it's just that's that's how the, the film's been written. I don't think they're being that clever. I. I no. No. Just think, no. I, think, I, I literally think it's we just need a female character in this. This is the person who's going to do and, it. And and she's going to be. We're going to get this. You know, actress. Every, people like Laura Dern, and uh, you know, but like she and Carrie Fisher, they they like all the resistance leaders are women. And they don't seem to be very good at their jobs. No, they don't. And uh, again, and. Uh, uh, yeah, don't make me question the fact that they don't seem very good. And this this is where we kind of get into quite a sticky ground because I, I've read oh, like so many reviews of this film and, and literally they're just gushing at the, this is, you know, the, the glass ceiling's gone and all this kind of thing. And as soon as you make any kind of observation that, well, actually what they're doing... Um, it, they're not that great and you, when you have any sort of like critical analysis of what the orders that they're giving in the film it's, it's instantly you're an asshole for even saying how dare you not suggest yeah. that these things and again this isn't it's just a it's just this weird conversation that begins to kind of flare up where it's like well at what point can I legitimately say Laura Dern's character is ridiculous the decisions she makes aren't good am I allowed to legitimately say that or is by mm-hmm. saying it is that some is that just my misogyny that's coming to the you know, how if it was a man would I even question it yeah hell I would yeah I, yeah of course I, I would still say the same thing I'd like, uh, yeah. well, I, I don't understand what your logic is I don't and it's and it's because the, the screenplay is so poor that is the problem it all comes back to this screenplay and it, it it's unfortunately it's we're not thinking about these things how we should be we're thinking about them from what agenda we're trying to push yes and it's just you know people who raise the same objections it's it, I mean, i've noticed this real snarky i think quite mean-spirited reaction to the reactions of star wars where i mean there was one in vox and it was basically um it, if, if you don't like the film it's basically because you're a white male yeah, who grew up course. with Star Wars? You're, you're an effing white male. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's for sure that you're you're a white male who's grown up with Star Wars, and you don't like seeing your Star Wars being ruined by women and ethnic minorities. Well, it's, it, and, and, it's, and it's like you you're missing the point entirely as to what has got on people here because people don't I, people don't care that there's minorities in films. They don't care that there's women things. What they care about are characters that you can get behind, and what they care about is seeing something on screen which makes sense to them. And when that doesn't yeah. happen. 
it is completely irrelevant that well, it's and a they, woman that, that's your- what they hide behind is you know mo women mo minorities uh to to basically say like well i am morally superior yeah. and uh so you don't have that uh you don't have the moral high ground like i do um uh, I was talking to one of my friends on the phone yesterday, and he said, "Have he asked me? He said, have you seen any good, thoughtful defenses of Star Wars: The Last Jedi?'" And I said, "I have not, yeah. uh, because they all, they all of the, the defense of defenses of this movie are, how dare you." You know, and uh, what was it? Here's a headline on Gizmodo io9. Ryan Johnson responds to fan question about polarizing Last Jedi, but he shouldn't have to. No, he should. I, mean, I was like, I was like, then don't make movies then. No, good. You, on, and do you know what? Good on him for going out. Yeah, and, and, of and course. Just, you know, if, if yeah, you know, he's not, he's not hiding. Him. He's not hiding behind the press, is he? He's going, hey, what do you think of a movie? Well, actually, this. All right, okay. Well, I mean, that that's that's a good thing. He he, he should. It's like, um, I mean, this is this is this is in Vox. This is a, a, a passage from it's the critique of the criticism, basically, and it says. When you consider that Star Wars fandom has long been presided over by white guys, it's natural this would lead to angry policing over what Star Wars is and isn't. And that policing can be ugly and lead to toxic fandoms in which people who aren't white men don't feel comfortable. What, What an absolute pile of nonsense that statement is. Now I, I would yeah. I would I will give you there will be some a, a tiny minority who will say I don't want any black people in Star Wars you know, a lunatic fringe basically is what you have there and uh, uh, you know it's completely to be expected and you will have you know mean things put on Twitter and you'll have these idiots who are on, on things but for the majority of people that isn't the case at all and, and everybody loves Lando Calrissian yeah. where's Lando. You're well, going to kill him off. Yeah, well, that would probably be coming. But this, this is, again, and it's what is something I, I've been really riling against. What is this type of film discussion that we're having and that are, are, are taking place? Because it, I don't think it's in service of film at all. Because if you can't now express your dislike for something without that then coming back to your inherent misogyny or the fact that you're, you're not seeing what you want to see, i.e. white people on the screen, th- that's ridiculous. It's just instantly stifling any debate that you can actually have that leads to any kind of worthwhile discussion. Yes, ab- absolutely. Um and I think that uh, I think it kind of reveals the agenda of the people writing these articles that it is, you know, I don't think that they care about whether or not a movie is good. I think they just care about, you know, um, having more diversity hires on the screen. I don't I don't think they care about the quality of a product. Uh, people who write for Vox and um, yeah. and uh, outlets like that. And uh, to me, like it, 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 it kind of getting back to what I was saying earlier, like with Luke Skywalker in this movie, it just feels like they're they're killing these characters off and saying, right now, you, you have to be OK with these new characters. We're even going to make that the theme of this film, that what's old is bad and you, you have to accept it. Yeah, and, 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 and if you don't, you're an effing white male. Well, but this is it, though, isn't it? It's just, it's. I mean, I, I can give you another example, and we were talking about it before we started recording, which was um, Paul Verhoeven, new Paul Verhoeven's film L that came. Oh out. yeah, yeah, yeah. And 
this film came out, I watched it and I was like, Jesus Christ, I've not seen anything like that in a long time. And yeah, I've heard uh, that movie is bonkers. It, it, it's mad. But again, this this backlash about liking it appears. And this is from an article in The Guardian written by a woman called Bashir. Right. And this is the opening the opening paragraph of her review of this film. This, this is a critique of a film. Rape apologists. Do you like cinema? Have you always suspected women secretly want to be stalked, brutalised and raped, and that the biggest women haters on the planet are not men, but women themselves? Then brace yourselves for a celluloid treat. And I'm certainly thinking, I'm not a rape apologist, and you don't have to be a rape apologist to enjoy this film, or if enjoys even a word to, to get out of it. Now, I can see her points on a few things about... This, there's some very uncomfortable themes and um, angles that get explored in this. But to suddenly like label anyone that likes you know, like a rape apologist and to even kind of bracket someone who would come out of hell and think, oh, you know, I, I like that film. And then to just kind of like add this kind of smear against them that there's some sort of horrible agenda to the reason we like it. it it's not good. It is not good for audiences. And I've seen a lot of this with relation to The Last Jedi, which is, you know, people who don't like it. Well, it's because really you're a racist and you're a misogynist. Yeah. It's simple no, as that's, that. that. That's the, that's the, and it's kind of the dumbing down of the discussion and the intellect. Like it, it, it cannot be like, let's have a discussion about the merits of the film. Uh, what are its strengths? What are its weaknesses? It's well, if you don't like it, it's cause you're a bad person. Yeah. And so that gives me the moral high ground. So therefore I feel superior. So, uh, there you go. And, 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 the, and, and I think the, the film where it really departed from me, and this is where I got close to kind of thinking I, I'm going to have to check out of this. And I've never, ever walked out of a cinema, not once in my life. I've thought about it a few times. I've certainly never gone through with it, primarily because it's so expensive that I just feel like it's, I'd, I'd somehow be conning myself if I didn't. But the, the, the film really shifts up another social justice gear when Finn and what's her name, the... Uh, the mechanic girl whose sister died at the start. I can't even remember. Oh, yeah. Uh, Rosie. Oh, I'm so misogynist. I can't even... I'm such a misogynist. Yeah, you, I mean, well, we hate women so much we can't yeah, remember Yeah, I, don't, names, I can't so. even remember their names. You know, um, <laughs> well, I can't even remember what my girlfriend's called sometimes. But no. So, we, so because... Um, Wife! <laughs> Where's my breakfast? <laughs> Siobhan, get my drink. Don't uh, make me tell you twice! It's like, you know, because obviously Laura Dern won't... won't <laughs> share the plans we have to concoct this ridiculous idea that they're gonna break onto the dreadnought and get the thing of it so rosie and finn head off to this planet and i would literally by this stage i was just like oh my god i think i i consider myself a liberal a, a, a liberal socialist and i was like i think i'm gonna vote donald trump if i could <laughs> because that's thing i just thought like, i can't if this is what we're doing now if this is the, the you know because obviously you know, this is being made by the cream of hollywood liberal elite oh, and yeah. we have to we have to now take time out of a film to release animals and uh, Rosie says, it's the stupidest thing. She says something like, oh, now we've done what we need to do. And I want to say, Rosie, I, I, look, I, I'm all for animal welfare. I own two cats. I literally. Yeah, like, uh, the, the amount Tom, of you're a guy who like, who's like, you're like me, where we have like weaknesses for the cute animal characters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, I, I don't. 
I am not an animal rights person at all, but you know, when the cute animal character, when the cute dog dies, I'm, 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 I'm you know, I can't take it. I can't it, take my, it. My day is ruined. You know, but you know, they go for the, they go for, they go to this ridiculous casino, and then they release these animals, and Rosie says, "Oh, you know, this is the main important bit." I want to say, "No, Rosie, I don't like. I love animals. The galaxy is about to be taken over by space Nazis." There's bigger priorities than freeing yeah, these guys. Right. And, you know, there's <laughs> oppression. Oppression. Yeah. In it's, order to, you can't hate it forever. We have to save the. Th- it's <laughs> like, come on, you know. Get and it's like I'm sat there thinking, and this is the, the film's done this. It's gone out of its way to make a point about animal rights. Yeah, not, not yeah. Even, it, it stopped. It's <laughs> the movie stopped to do that. By the way, uh, during that sequence, I was very happy to notice that Star Wars included its first Irish character. Um, oh, oh really? The the little uh, leprechaun alien. That's oh, oh well, that's a bit racist, isn't it? I raised yeah, that yeah, with I my girlfriend when I go over there. But it, that whole that whole <laughs> trip to to that planet, I was just like, oh god. And then you have this sort of like, it reminded me of um, what's the the Great Gatsby, where the camera's coming in over the the, the tables, yes. and it's like, oh yeah, it looks just like that, yeah. And I was just like, oh god, we're going here, are we? And again, Finn, you know. What is his character? Because he gets there and he's like, hey, great, this is fun. It's like, focus on the mission. You know, focus on what's going on. You know, you're not there to have a good time, but I know we're there to kind of see kids being abused and, you know, it's like, it, it was just, it was like, it's like a cross between Oliver and Avatar suddenly in a Star Wars film. And it, it just felt so out of place and forced and just so terribly awful I just thought at that point I was just like this film and I are just I'm getting preached to yeah. about, about all these subjects I don't want that I want characters who are doing things that I, you know, I enjoy I want to see character moments I don't want to see them releasing animals and that stupid Benicio Del Toro character tips up as well Oh, yeah, he was terrible. I was, like, sitting there going, you know, and there was a... That character sort of represented a weird moral relativism in the movie, too. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Which is another thing I found troubling was, uh, you know, uh, the Star Wars movies have had this struggle between light and dark, right? Oh, totally. And uh, this movie sort of seemed to have a... eh, It's all kind of... uh, we're not really sure. Like, you know, the struggle with within Kylo Ren is very vague. And, you know, they sort of kind of it didn't really uh, it, the, these last few movies haven't really wanted to address that. They've sort of wanted to sort of go, well, you know, is is he good? Is he bad? I don't know. You know, <laughs> what is good? What is bad? I don't know. It's just, like I said, I, 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 I don't think there's much thought behind what's going on. That's my. No, no, pri- there, there really isn't. And. I, I, I'm not saying that's deliberate. I think it is literally these movies are made by people who don't think. Um, and this saga, this this trilogy, quote unquote, um, feels like it's being made up as it goes along. Totally. Totally. And that's it does what, not, that, that's... It, it does not feel like when they wrote The Force Awakens that they had a master plan. No, no. Like I said, I don't think there was like a meeting where they all went right. When, 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 I, I, this is what it just reeks of to me. And I, as I said before, they bought Lucasfilm and they went, right, let's make a Star Wars film. Yeah, they, 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 any, Disney boom, went, let's get this ATM going, let's print some money. And, and, you know, and good luck to them. You know, they, 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 they 
I mean, that, uh, Force Awakens, Rogue One, I mean, Rogue One broke the billion barrier, didn't it? This will easily, and it's just like, let's just keep this cash coming in, people. And what I feel so, what kind of bothers me so much as well, is the fact these things will carry on making billions. Like a flop would be considered half a billion, wouldn't it? They'd probably go, oh, that wasn't, right. that, 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 didn't, I- that didn't go so well. But... It's. I mean, all you need to do is look at the you know the, the Metacritic and things like that. Like the critics are saying, like ninety eight percent like it, fifty two percent of audiences do, and that seems to be universal. Yeah, and they 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 they'll they'll go. Oh well, that's just trolls dragging the rating down. Yeah, but I mean, I'm sorry, they, but I've 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 talked to a lot of people. A lot of people are not liking this movie. No, um, and I mean this 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 Vox article even says that. Um, fanboys have set up bots to deliberately no they haven't no they haven't and even if they did like I'm sorry but this is all happening for a reason like I'm so when Force Awakens came out people had mixed opinions but they were going to see it again and again I do not see people I see diehard Star Wars fans going maybe I don't like Star Wars anymore yeah <laughs> with Last Jedi, that's big. I didn't see that happening with Attack of the Clones, bro. You know. Well, I, mean, anyway, I suppose we have to get like, vaguely d- defensive of the prequels, but the, the one thing I would say about those films is at least there's a semblance of they have a journey to them. Oh, absolutely. I think George Lucas. Uh, now, I'm not going to say. I I think that there was a arc that he was going for yeah. with those films. And there was an overall message. There was a theme. He had an, now you may not like what he did. You may, you know, whatever, but I think he he had a idea that he wanted to get at. He had themes. There was a big I there was a big arc with those stories he yeah. wanted to explore. And with these movies, there is none of that. No. There's just, what are we going to do with this one? Uh, it just, it feels like, I mean, um, Force Awakens, you know, had, I think having Lawrence Kasdan really sort of helped that movie because um, uh, he, he worked on the script for it. But with this movie, it just, it feels made up as it goes along. And one thing we love about, I think, I think people don't understand that having these big themes and ideas behind it gives it meaning. Yeah. You know, it, it, and, and this movie doesn't. The, the big theme behind this movie is everything that comes before us doesn't matter. <laughs> and but, I mean, and the other thing is, but I mean, yeah, yeah, when we're getting lectures on the arms dealers selling oh, things, to war be, profiteers. Oh. It's, it's just like, oh, Christ, I was like, you know, what, is, is George Bush president? What's going on? <laughs> but it's 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 so. Again, when you, when you're doing that in your film, and it, you know when you literally go into those lengths to make those points, where where's the scene in any in either the Force Awakens or this where you know when Han gets like frozen in Empire Strikes Back? That mm. is my favorite scene in film history, Barnum. Yeah, that 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 scene is amazing when, it, uh, like that, you know, Leia saying "I love you" and him saying "I know." That is like pure Han Solo moment, you know. But where's the moment in this film? Because that's a scene, right, where, you know, you've got... Just think about the ridiculousness of it. You have Carrie Fisher stood next to a giant bear. You've got all these ridiculous science fiction (laughs) things going on. There are these little dwarves going... He's about to be frozen in this. But you don't... That All that melts away 
and you you, 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 you you completely buy into what's going on that scene and it's just a wonderful beautiful character moment yeah. that has been building throughout that entire film the chemistry between them has been there from the beginning it's been bubbling away and it all comes out like that and two characters who you really really care about suddenly say this and it, it's just a brilliant brilliant moment this film in lieu of that you get a lecture on animal rights arms dealing <laughs> profiteering the the elite running the galaxy and fair enough if what you're going to go back to is interesting but as you say you go back to the oj in space yeah and, and and i can't and i can't get this out of my head it reminded me of the opening of Spaceballs. you know when Spaceball one flies over yeah. and i'm like <laughs> I'm like, oh God! I'm like, where's these bits that I care about? Because the film doesn't, it hasn't, it hasn't established these these people well enough in the Force Awakens to carry over them into this. And then suddenly we get the plan. The plan all along is to go to a planet that has a big fuck off front door <laughs> with no way out, and then bunker up in that. Yeah. I'm sorry, and I'm, I'm just like going, the plan is shit. <laughs> All along, this plan was utterly ridiculous. And you're just thinking, oh, I know, yeah, that, that, that'll teach them, because hang on a minute, folks, it's not snow, it's salt. It's so salt, you, yeah. So before oh, you say, before you say, turns red when yeah, you uh, fly over yeah, it. Yeah, before you say, uh-uh-uh, that's the Empire Strikes Back, it's salt. And look it's at these... It's salt, lo- it's not snow. It's like, oh, God. And, he's, he, and then <laughs> you think, oh, no, so we're back at the Empire Strikes Back, are we now? Here we go. All the while, on board Spaceball One, you've got Snook, who you suddenly see, who... Yeah. That guy scared me a little bit. I was like, shit, he looks kind of cool and yeah. utterly terrified. I liked his like shimmery top on. Who is this guy? I want to f- I want him to sit there and say, do you know what, Ray? You know, do you know who your parents was? Well, guess what? You know, that's my sister. Your mum, yeah. you know, your mum's my, <laughs> you know, <we'll> yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. And, and we see how utterly powerful he is. He's so powerful, he can make... And that's one thing I would give the film credit for, actually. The scenes between Ray and Kylo Ren, where they were talking to each other. I really, really liked how he filmed that. The, the, like uh, my fiance pointed out, she said Adam Driver was the best actor in this movie. And, by far, uh, by far. Because he's got, again, he's got essences of a character yes he's got things in there which we can go we can see conflict i've thought about killing my mum twice and i've never (laughs) gone through that because i just assumed my dad would do it but we've all had that bit where you know you're making a cup of tea for and you say oh no she's my mum i'll let her (laughs) off but you you, you see that the guy has he has things going on in his head he's clearly but again I, you spend more time with him. Show me his relationship with Snoke. How's that happened? And Snoke is all powerful. Yeah, I want to all- know who Snoke is. Yeah, how did he get in? How did he find Kylo Ren? How does he figure in with Luke Skywalker? What's what's going on here? And it's just when we get that story. Uh, when we get that story, it's basically. Uh, you know, Luke uh, just kind of saw the power in uh, Kylo Ren and sort of got scared and decided to kill him and then decided he wasn't going to, but Kylo Ren got freaked out and yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, it's just, it's it's just totally unsatisfying. It was no. like eating a potato chip. 
And, you know, I mean, what about, I mean, just simple thing, like Luke almost, that when he went to kill Kylo Ren, like he got so into the dark side, he had to like really channel the dark side or something like that. And it, I, I, I want to see, yeah, like, like I said, I want to see these these, these characters having these, these these kinds of conflicts. And Kylo Ren is, and in fact, the fact Adam Driver is a fantastic actor as well. I think that helps. Uh, he, he obviously has got, the most potential for us to kind of invest in and you do feel sorry for him and you do sort of understand his frustration and that kind of conflict but for me for it to be even more weighty i want to know when did yeah when does when does snoop get to him did he and and because we're told that he's so powerful that he did this without actually even meeting him which makes his death all the more ridiculous because if he can literally manipulate people across space and time how the fuck does he not realise that the lightsaber conveniently just next to him is going to not chop him in half? Yeah. It's just such a cheap, easy death. And then Dom will yeah. be oh, he's dead! Ah! It's like, what? You know, you just take some time. You know, and just drop animal welfare, Star Wars. And let's develop these characters. Yeah, let's, let's build it. Th- let's make them. You know, let's, let's find out. But no, we never know who he was. Now we never know what that character was all about. Where did he come from? He's more powerful than the Emperor. Why wasn't he? Because presumably this. Where was know, he? Where was he during the yeah. first six movies? You know, that's. Uh, I was like, uh, if Palpatine was like the secret Sith Lord, well, who's this guy? Yeah, exactly. I want to know. How, how did he? How did he come about? I mean, again. We're not interested in that, though. You know, that, that's, you know, it's, it's like raised parents. Who are they? Blah, blah, blah. This guy doesn't matter. You can just, you can just, you know, boom, we're off now. Even what comes it, before doesn't matter. Well, okay, I guess this movie doesn't matter then. Hmm. Yeah, but th- that's the whole thing. Nothing seems to have any resonance or consequence to it. It's just things happening in order so we can get to bigger and bigger set pieces. And then the ridiculous bit when um, Laura Dern flight, you know, she goes through the ship at light speed that looked cool i'll give it that it looked cool but ultimately it was like they can't remotely control the ship they can't yeah if that was her plan if that was her plan was like look you know we'll turn the ship around we'll fire it through theirs and then we'll make out any escape pods to get to that planet that's a plan Mm -hmm. but it wasn't it was just we'll just go slowly i'm not going to get off like to me like it it almost seemed like a metaphor for the people making these movies like we we don't really have a plan we're just sort of cruising along going uh well we want to make money but we (laughs) don't know how to make a movie a star wars movie uh, because the legacy of this is so huge and you know it's kind of like i think with star wars too it's there's this you know notion that um you know i was thinking about like you know we have like seemingly hundreds of hours of Star Trek to watch, mm. but Star Trek, Star Trek, and Star Wars get compared a lot. Mm. And J.J. Abrams has uh, successfully ruined both of them. Mm. But um, but Star Trek, you know, is something that you can do forever. Yeah, it's totally. it's it's exploring in space. It's a you know, it, whereas Star Wars. The, the, the Star Wars trilogy is like a just a classic, it's like Gilgamesh or something. It's like a classic myth. You know, it has a beginning, a middle, and an end, and then that's it. And, you know, you can explore in the regions of that. And, you know, you it just, it feels like these people making these movies just don't have any idea of what they want to do with it. They just want the, they want the, 
the money that comes with it. They want the the status that comes with making a Star Wars movie, but they don't know how to make a Star Wars movie. Yeah, I I, I think there's something. There's a very cynical aspect to these films, which I mean, I, I know perhaps I, I, I know you didn't like Rogue One. I, I did actually. I I didn't like Rogue One, but I like it a lot more than this movie. Yeah, uh, I, I think I, the last thirty minutes of Rogue One are pretty good. Oh, I, I think, um, I, I, I mean, you know, the things I liked about Rogue One was, is that I actually did think it took quite a risk by killing off those people. It showed, I mean, I remember when I went to go watch it with my girlfriend's kids, they were both a bit bummed out by the fact that everyone dies. I remember and, it was, a, I thought it was a very dark movie. I, I kind of, after watching this movie, I almost feel compelled to go back and watch it. Yeah, I, I do. It's the, the point I was trying to make to the, to, to, to the kids was, you know, th- 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 this film has consequences. You know, actions yeah. have consequences. And in this case, these people have had to die in order to make and I, I felt it really enriched a new hope because you when they talk about you know stealing the plans you know that people have died in in doing that yeah I, yeah like you know with, with you you know that there's yeah there, there, there it tried to create this weighty backstory to yeah, a new hope. and I, I to me it, I, it really achieved that and again it's it's you know having to explain to children who have just come out of a star wars film that people die and you know i probably didn't word it particularly subtly judging by the slight trembling lip of oliver who's only eight <laughs> I, was like, I was like yeah people die oliver this, yeah it's gonna happen to everyone you know like, but you know, at least you're having those discussions when when you come out when I when I came out of Rogue One, I came out of the Last Jedi. I got a text from my girlfriend saying, "Have you bought Battlefield Battlefront Two yet?" Oliver's itching to play. It's like, oh, so it's just product. Yeah, Bat- you- Battlefront Two. By the way, that's a whole another can of worms. Oh, Christ, with its, I mean, yeah, with, its yeah. with its like glorified gambling system. Yeah, and I, it, yeah. I, I it's won't. just it's just an ATM for EA and. Yeah, you know. but this is what it's become. You know, it's it's. That's I, like I said. I think it's let's just create these films. We don't really have much clue as to what we're doing. Most important thing is everyone will be sat there. There's no reason to change the formula because well, this, I film, think, this I think film is I doing. Th- that was my when I heard that Lucas sold to Disney. I knew that what was going to happen was they were going to Cadillac Star Wars and just drive it into the ground but, to make but, money. The, the thing is, though, I mean, we've got this now for eternity, really. We? They're never going to stop making these films. No, no. They, they're, yeah, as long as these things turn any semblance of a profit, they'll keep coming. Exactly. And I mean, you know, we're going to sort of, it'll be, and, and you do sort of fall into the, kind of the, the grumpy old man thing. I am only going to watch the original three or whatever. And again, that brings that conversation into it, doesn't it? You know, you're just being, you, you know, we're thinking about it too much. We're, 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 being, we're taking it too seriously. It's a space opera. You shouldn't be this. You shouldn't be that well no i i i feel legitimately that there's ma- major issues with this film that are indicative of a greater malaise in film culture anyway oh yeah absolutely and, i mean and, and, i think and the, film culture is really in trouble <laughs> i i do i mean i look this this year for example i read um andre bazan's book about jean renoir and it was it was like a breath of fresh air you know literally spending 10 pages talking about the camera setups in the river and how the camera movement with the juxtaposition of the character movement creates this it was brilliant and I went back and I watched those films and I was like you know I feel like reading those that those books and watching the films enriched my understanding of Jean Renoir as a filmmaker and that was great. That's what I want from film culture. And it's sadly lacking. I mean, I've resubscribed and I can recommend anyone resubscribes to Film Comment magazine because they have like an episode a few months ago dedicated to why Steadicam 
what what it's done for cinema and like you know a genuine sort of psychological analysis of how steadicam has changed the way people actually watch films and it's refreshing it's about film it's talking well, it, about yeah it's uh it's it's about film we every film criticism every piece of film criticism i read these days looks at films through the lens of gender politics uh, yeah i mean but to what effect? To, to exactly, it, it's to it. It's it's done in a way to you know browbeat people. And I we, I miss the conversation about the craft and the art of cinema. And uh, you know, so having those conversations like in that magazine, or it's valuable and it's rare these days. Honestly, like the the Andre Bazin Cahiers du Cinema. Uh, era is you know it's it's you know that's a small crowd these days the mainstream when i i stopped reading movie reviews a while back because they just don't look at films the way i you know that in a way that i find meaningful yeah and, and we have it now where we have to even do it with i mean like probably my second favorite film of the year was blade runner and I, which i, I haven't I, seen yet i, I, I want to see that Oh, I mean, you know, I went to it, and I, I mean, I, it was one of the most strangest experiences I ever had at the cinema, because I saw it on IMAX, and it was the, for the first time, I must be getting old, because I was like, Jesus, they need to turn the volume down, it's doing me. <laughs> but I was watching it, and something really interesting happened. After about 40 minutes, I saw, like, people beginning to shuffle, and there was a sort of a palpable sense that this wasn't the film that people had signed up for. And after about an hour, there were some walkouts, and I was like, wow, this is interesting because this film is amazing. It's really, you know, I'm sat there thinking, God, I, I don't even want to come out of the, it's better than the original, but I'm thinking, I think I'm enjoying this more than the original. Right. And this universally beautiful, amazing film comes out. What's the first, when I got home, I typed in Blade Runner 2049. What's the first article that comes out? Well, believe oh, me, boy. it's not a, it's not, you know, a, a gushing review of Roger Deakins cinematography. It's not, just the absolute beautifully composed shots. Oh, no, no, no. Of course it isn't. Blade Runner 2049 has a gender problem and we need to discuss it. And we need to discuss it. It's like, oh, we fucks. need to discuss you know, it right I'm, now. I'm like, come on, you know. And then I know someone who I work with and I, she said to me, have you seen it? I said, yes. And then she says, to be honest with you, I heard it's a bit, she says, I love the original, but I've heard this is a bit sexist. Love People, have you seen the original? What happens to women in that film? They literally get shot in the back, they, running yeah, through windows. Yeah, they get their heads blown off. Yeah, it, it's not. You know, it, that wasn't a trailblazing feminist film. And it's like, can't we just talk about Blade Runner twenty forty nine? With, you know, but then it's this sort of creeping doubt that if I don't well, you're, talk you're, about you're the you're gender a white male, politics, Tom, that's why you uh, well, can't see the oppression going but, on there. But it's again, it's so reductive. It's so boring. Oh, and, and it's totally reductive, and it's dull, and it's it's a it's a conversation that is just not interesting. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and I'm not talking about you know, like the, the the Last Jedi. I think the script is terrible. I think the the perform there's the, the odd good performance it, but I think for the most part that's where like, Dom Hall Gleason things. It, is terrible. I don't think it's that well directed. I want to talk about these issues and that that's what I feel like we should be in. But instead, this is just through a cloud. If you raise those problems, if you say, I don't like the script, I don't like the script. I mean, the, the jokiness of it, I can sort of, I mean, there was one bit I did laugh actually, it was, it was the, the irons when the, then they were like the, in the press, in the, did you see that bit when it was like coming down and it was... Um. 
it was it was basically a visual gag where it was actually like um, suits being ironed, but they sort of made it out like it was a spaceship, and that did amuse me. It was quite oh slick. yeah yeah yeah. And, 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 I, I, I gotta I gotta admit, like just searching for anything to enjoy in the movie, yeah. like they they are a uh, there were moments like that, and also um, the uh, th- this is gonna you know this is gonna sound like I I have brain damage, but the and these are a ploy to sell toys, mm. but. I was just just having anything to crack a smile at the porgs, the little cute little like yeah. penguin hamster hybrids. I think I've actually been to that island, Skellig Island, and the reason. Oh really? Is, yeah, it's it's off the coast of Ireland, and anyone who goes there, we looked at it, and it was not a particularly great day. And the North Atlantic, so the the Atlantic looked pretty awful. And I said to the kids, it's only three miles. Was it fuck? It was about 15 and we were all so ill on the way there and back. (laughs) But it's because they have puffins on the island and they're protected. And I think the reason why the porgs are in it is because they couldn't, they had to like, you know, cover up the puffins. With the so they they covered yeah. them up with uh, the little like bunny rabbit. Uh... I think that, that I think that's that, that's the story. But you know th- this is again it, it's it's the issues that I'm, that I'm having with this film and this kind of the the fact that I can't see rational debate going on about the the, the, the last Jedi, which aren't descending into well if you don't like it it's because you're a fanboy and you're stuck in your ways or you're a misogynist and it's just this complete downfall of rational dialogue when it comes to discussing anything online yeah yeah it's so toxic like twitter everything like that facebook it's virtually impossible not to say this film sucks and this is why i think it sucks without this backlash of the 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 apparent agendas that you have and it's it's a way to just it's a cheap way to gain moral superiority to yeah, just go totally. like well you know well I like it because I'm a good person you don't because you're a bad person you're yeah. you're bad you you're a t- you're an effing white male you and you're straight you know that's why yeah. you 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 don't see these things because you you are you are you're not this this protected group but uh it I, I, it. It's very, very, but you know, I don't know. This is this is a trend that's been going on, and Star Wars has become the latest, the the biggest thing to get infected by this culture. And and, and the other thing as well, I mean, that I, I find quite disturbing about it is that I mean, JJ Abrahams. There was there's this clip online I was watching, and this Asian person stands up and says something about representation. He goes, and it, it's absolutely cring, cringeworthy. He said, "Can I just oh, I say?" Bet. He goes, "Like, go Asians, you know, I love Asians." And I'm like, "All right, if you're so brave, JJ, if you lo- you know, firstly, I find that incredibly." It's a ridiculous. Thing. Pol Pot was an Asian. No, he wasn't the nicest person. So, but, you know, I bet Asian people. Some of some of which are assholes. You know, so firstly to kind of just group one race of people was you know yeah I love all of them and this kind of thing I find slightly off anyway. But the fact that he's he, he's openly said that he is you know all his films he's going to use diversity quotas and all that type of thing. I think oh, that's, yeah. I, I think that's the wrong way around it. If you're just creating characters for tokenistic gestures, well, your your movie's going to suck. Yeah, no, but sorry. I think that I, I, it's like I tell you, put your money where your mouth is. Go and remake, I don't know, 
Ghost in the Shell, for example, yeah. go, go over to Japan, film it with an Asian actress. If you know, if, if it means this much to you, actually make films like big budget mainstream films with Asian actresses rather than all actors or whatever. You know, what, what you. Know, but instead, you're going to tokenize them and say, "Hey, what? We, we remember you guys. There you are." You know, I, I you know, I, I don't. I, I think there's something a little bit insulting. About well, that. and what they're talking about when they say that is not let's let's do an Asian story with Asian actors. What they're doing is saying, let's let's take something else and insert those people into them. Mm. You know, like with Star Wars or with, uh, you know, it's something that I'm sure, like if a new Lord of the Rings movie were to come out, they would say it's too white or something. They want to, they want, they that what they, with, when they talk about that, I, I honestly think it's, 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 they want the, you know, what they're kind of, they want it in like Chronicles of Narnia or something. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't. But, I don't think they're being. These are not like good faith arguments they're making. No, not at all. I, mean, I think it, it's. It's. I don't think that they're like. Oh, let's tell a real uh, story out of Asia or Africa or whatever. They're like, well, we just we want diversity quotas for things that are already you know, that are Western. You know. Yeah, and, and it doesn't work. I, I the it it. You have an example what you have with The Last Jedi where it just, it, the whole thing seems like you've just created a character to tick a box, but you haven't actually thought about what goes into the character. And there's no, if, if that's the future of big budget Hollywood, um, it, it, it's something which I don't know. I, I, I just can see myself getting further and further away from it. I, I it, it just doesn't do anything for me because it's so transparently superficial and meaningless to a degree that you're just literally so you can't be done for accusation and you're always going to be no matter what you do you're going to open yourself up for criticism um whether you have i don't know a, an asian character who's a bad guy they say well you're just going on the fu manchu stereotype you know just you, you there's no way you can win all the time for sure but just this idea that yeah i'm, I'm gonna chuck ch- chuck some asians in because i love asian people <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I I think it's misguided. I, yeah. I don't think it helps. And I think this is sort of, uh, it's this is the, it's almost like the kind of the death of liberalism in a way because this is this is what it seems to me to be about at the moment. It's all about making sure that we you know we don't we don't say certain things and we represent people this way. And I, it's, it's just well, it, it, this is kind of what happens when a corporation like Disney takes over Star Wars. Is you get the corporate culture coming into it which is, you know, diversity quotas, which is, uh, you know, virtue signaling and all the rest, you know, whereas before it was just George Lucas's thing and it was his. Yeah. And if you didn't like it, then F off, you know? Yeah. I mean, and you think about that style, I mean, like the, the trials and tribulations that he, he made to get in the new hope made, you know, it's like a proper artist putting themselves on the line, wasn't it? Oh yeah. And totally. there's, a, there's a real story. There's a, I think part of the heart of that film comes from the fact that it's, it had such a hard, life to get to where it got to and it kind of burst out and it became something that felt universal this and this one they've kind of like taken they're taking away the safety they've retreated into disney and they've gone right you know we've got a we've got a theme park opening in 2019 i can get you yeah, i can guarantee you there'll be porgs to buy there galore there'll be bb8s running around there'll be all this product to buy and it's really telling to me as well that out of Rogue One and the Han Solo film, the directors have both been sacked. I mean, I know the um, 
Gareth Edwards on Rogue One I think he got shit I think they had about three weeks left and he got pushed aside and on the Han Solo film as well those guys left after like two weeks and Ron Howard were bringing I think that's very telling because you can mm-hmm. imagine directors wanting to do things or insert stuff in there and I bet there's a uh, 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 you're keeping that character you're going to frame that shot because we've got to sell that at some stage yes you're not doing this you know if you don't tow the company line don't get me wrong if Disney knocked onto me now and said yeah Tom um, we want to make a film about um, I don't know transgender Wookies is 10 million I'd be like yeah, I'll make you 10 you know I'll, I'll take that you know that's, that's yeah. absolutely no problem at all you know and I would do they'd say Tom can you just frame that there because we've got to sell more of that? Yeah, absolutely no problem at all <laughs> but you can imagine these directors kind of going up to this going right you know hell I'm making a Star Wars film and then yeah like, oh absolutely but then they're going you're making our Star Wars film and don't you be doing this and don't you be doing that and uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know and then Obviously, I think from a creative point of view, if you've got, you know, if you've got, you know, a bit of pride or something like that, you might turn around and say, I'm not putting up with this. I'm not going to tow the party line. Well, we, we've kind of seen directors sort of coming and going from this franchise. Um, I think J.J. Uh, Abrams replaced somebody on the next one. Oh, yeah. The on- um, Tremlo guy from... Um, uh, he did the Jurassic World, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget his name, but yeah, uh, Colin Tremlow or something. I think it's yeah, Trevorrow, Trevorrow. Yeah, yeah something like that. Uh, he, uh, yeah, he like he basically left, and I know Ron Howard replaced someone, and um, it's uh, it's yeah, it's because these are not, you know, it's like the Marvel movies. These are not, mm. you know, auteurist pieces. This is these are manufactured products. And you're gonna make our movie, you know. I think I think with this movie, you know, as we've said, it feels like it's made up as it's going along. But I think as long as it toes certain lines, as long as it does the type ticks the boxes Disney wants, they'll just release it. They don't. Yeah, I, they, um, I mean, you know, again, they don't give a shit what audiences think. They give a shit about how much audiences give them in their money. That that's all they care about, and they know. Then and they know. I mean, you, the next one, we'll go and watch it the first week. We know we will. Yeah. Oh, like like I said, you know, in I wrote a review of this movie and I said that the Star Wars brand is no longer something that I feel any urgency to see in the cinema. And I do feel that way, but I'm still going to watch the next one at some point. Yeah. I mean, and I'm going to be curious. Yeah, in May we've got the Han Solo film, haven't we? You know, the next. Oh yeah, yeah. The next, you know, it, it's already there. You know, in, in you know, so in like what, what six calendar months, it's realistically that Disney would have probably made about two billion dollars. Yeah, like what I said was the brand alone. So like, yeah, if the if everybody is saying, hey, this movie's awesome, you need to go see it, then I'll probably go see it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's not just going to be like, well, it's Star Wars, I'm going to go see it. That's kind of how I feel now. Like, because with Marvel movies, like I've missed most of the Marvel movies since Age of Ultron because that movie was so bad i was just like okay you know i'm i'm done with this and if a movie gets really solid notices i'll go see it or if it looks interesting i think the only ones i've seen since then are uh doctor strange and guardians of the galaxy part two i think are the only ones i've seen since then i could be wrong but uh you know, I've skipped a lot of the Marvel movies because they just, you know, I was like, okay, the dip in quality is such that the brand is not enough to get my butt in the seat anymore. Yeah, totally. I think what I get out of them, the, the Marvel, the best stuff Marvel's doing is on Netflix for me. 
Oh yeah, yeah. The, the, well, I won't everybody, have everybody. The, I don't see people talking about Thor Ragnarok. I see them talking no. about Punisher and Daredevil. You yeah, know? yeah, and then you know, and I can see why because they are they do have everything that I think the films lack. They have a bit of weight, and obviously they get the, the longer arcs to tell their stories. But oh, absolutely. I mean, m- m- most Marvel films now just consist of a giant thing crashing on something. Well, it's and, the, and a city getting destroyed. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and and I, I, with Star Wars, I. I don't even think that they've got that much, there's not even that much focus. It's just stuff happening, going somewhere, we'll see you there. And yeah. I, yeah. I, it's a shame. I, it has, it's lost its magic away. And yeah. it's, like like you said, I don't want to rush out and watch the next one. I will go and see it, obviously, but this is just, it's devolved. It, so it's devalued anything I did like about The Force Awakens. That film feels completely superfluous now really yeah it does i mean because i did even though it was a star wars greatest hits mixtape and it had a lot of problems i did genuinely enjoy the force awakens i saw it twice in the theater but now with this movie i know the payoff sucks and it just totally screws it up you know you just watch a new hope like even with like the prequels at least you know episode three was really good i thought and so like even with the first two, you know at least the payoff's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it has some sense of reward to it, but th- th- these don't. I mean, um, it's it, it, it depresses. It, it doesn't depress me, but it, it annoys me a bit. I, I think I just, I just, I was expecting. I had higher hopes, I think, overall. Oh, yeah. and, I, and I think all the worst... And I wanted fit. to see Luke Skywalker again. Yeah. That was yeah. the big thing for me. I was like, this is the first movie where we get to spend time with Luke since Return of the Jedi. And he is a bummer to be around in this movie. Yeah, he's joyless. And, and again, it's stupid shit. Like when he's milking that walrus thing. Oh, something. that was horrible, yeah. It's just like, what? My, my fiancé looked at me and goes, why is this in the movie? <laughs> but... Yeah, Why again, are we watching this him milk this giant alien and suckle from its teat? That's, it's, it's just what again? What is this? What are we watching? Why is that in the film? Is it supposed? If it's meant to be funny, but it's not funny, it, you know. And he's just this grouchy old man. And I didn't. And then you get this again. You get this suddenly. The force. I don't know. Now you can suddenly teleport yourself across the galaxy and be there in body and not in you know actually there or so i don't know and i'm just like oh christ i don't get it i don't i think by that point by the by the end of the film i was so uninterested in it and i was so bored oh and I, I was i was looking at my watch yeah going, and, I, uh, I, and i was just like Do you know what this is it's a crappy end to the year for film and there's been yeah. some great, and there's been some genuinely really good films this year overall. But this wasn't. I mean, I you know I like the. I, I've seen a lot of bad movies this year. Like I've, I've been talking to my fiance. Most of the time we go to the movies, it's been Snake Eyes. You know. Yeah. I, I well, I, to me, there's been a few. Like I mean, the, my favorite film of this year by far was Call Me by Your Name, and. The, the, the reason I mean at a point of comparison a friend of mine watched Moonlight and she was like oh if you like Call Me By Your Name you like Moonlight I said no no I've seen Moonlight and the reason why I hated Moonlight was because again I felt that was we had the Oscars so white controversy everyone can love Moonlight it, it was the movie to like to virtue signal that you like uh, you know intersectional and, oh, people oh yeah and what, what I loved about Call Me By Your Name was it was a film about two gay guys who have a relationship and it wasn't like oh god I'm gay oh, oh. it was just it was a love story about two men but it was a love story 
you know, it worked because it was a love story. I thought about- I thought Brett Easton Ellis had the best kind of takedown of Moonlight. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he, he just was just like when, he was just like, look, this is just a movie that's pandering. Yeah, but everything that Moonlight did, Call Me by Your Name, didn't. It didn't have to because it wasn't. It it wasn't about angst and you know, hey guys, you know, because the, the locals didn't come to beat them up at one stage. Yeah, it's not the Laramie gay. project where yeah. you know one of them gets crucified on a yeah, wire was, fence at the end. It was just it was just a, a love story about two guys that was really affecting and it was brilliant and it was it felt refreshingly free of politics where with Moonlight it was hey you know this film's so conservative even your mum my mum could watch that and not but get queasy you know like you know it, and it was and, and you can feel it's like Brokeback Mountain like and you you feel good about yourself for liking yeah. it you know? yeah and it, it was it was garbage it was total garbage and again this is what we're mistaking and when you read the reviews of Moonlight it's a similar thing it's just ah, oh, gay black men yes 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 that's just what that's fuck the rest of it sod that it's completely ridiculous it's just it ticks the boxes that's all yeah. it is it's we don't care about whether or not this movie's good does it serve the yeah. what we're looking for in the culture right now yeah and the answer is yes we approve and again it's just it, it, it's just not what film should be it just seems like it seems that there's a formula now i think that that's the formulaic you know it it just seems even worse at the moment that that's the kind of the direction we're going on and it needs to stop and i think again it's to the detriment of cinema this is absolutely this isn't helping at all and um so do you have any other thoughts about uh the last jedi before we wrap it up i think we'll probably yeah, I mean, down here, it, it, unless you have some some other point we want to uh, explore. No, I mean, I, I can only echo what we've been saying. Really, I I, I just think this it's depressing. Yeah, really, what this has happened. No, it was. Yeah, and you know, if you hate it so much, why are you talking endlessly about it? Because it's Star Wars, bro. It's a big yeah. part of our childhood. You know, yeah. and um, I, but I think the actual conversation around it is interesting. Like, you know, what we've been saying about film culture in general. Oh, absolutely. I think, I, I think yeah, that, that's 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 the debate that we need to be having. That's the conversation that we should be having. But yeah, absolutely. for the most part, I just, I, yeah, this film, it's, it's a it's a bad film, and it's brought out a lot of things that have been concerning me about kind of film culture at the moment and it's it's depressing because I just don't see where we go from here and it's it's hard to have I think having a voice to that's contrary to all the the, the, the platitudes what mm-hmm. one does run the risk of causing trouble for themselves I mean god forbid you would put on Twitter you'd be a troll with your bot that's giving it bad reviews it's just it's, it's nonsense yeah you, you, if you don't like this movie, you must not be a real person. Um, so anyway, uh, well, this has been gratifying, Tom. And I do feel better actually. I feel like an angry man who's had his rant now. <laughs> do you know what I mean, I, I, I feel like better. I don't need to talk about this film anymore. Yeah, that's it. No, I've got it out of my system, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think this is going to go up on our feed on midnightmoviecowboys.com and, uh, 24 is the it what's your you want to plug it's, your stuff too yes you can find me on 24 framescast.blogspot.com and master cinema cast we're on the criterion cast feed and but we're also on mockcast.blogspot.com as well yeah and uh you can i've i've appeared on both of those shows and i'm about to be on moc will be very soon yeah uh the episode about silence not the scorsese one although we do talk a lot we about do, that but the, the, yeah, the 70s one that uh shinoda made but yeah, so you'll find me there very soon. So it's a good, good plug. 
Uh, but yeah, uh, this will go up on our feed. This will go up on your feed, and uh, I think it'll be a nice little, uh, you know, little conversation we had. And uh, glad, great, glad to finally have you on the. No, it's a, I was, I was truly honest. Thank you. MMC, yeah, yeah, no, and you know, I always enjoy talking to you and Joachim as well when he's around. All right, well, with that, I think I'm just going to go ahead and say adios.